John Brandon, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Indeed, welcome to you. I don't think that's necessary. Kitchen table of the comedian next door. I can't help it. That's so catchy. Our little you made it. Our little song is so catchy. I know I did make it, but it's still catchy. I hear people tell me it sounds like the Seinfeld intro. The bass part maybe does a little bit. Yep. 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 That may be. There's nothing new under the sun. So everything is a derivative of something that's already been done. We were just talking about this. My kids and I were just talking about this because I was watching a fail compilation that had um, in the Hall of the Mountain King. No, 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 no. no. Oh, that's that's Flight of the Valkyries. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. And my son, the seven-year-old Colin, says, hey, that's Trolls. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is it? And it is. It's the it's the first troll's hair up has that playing underneath it. Hair okay. up. So then we Googled both of them and were listening. And then we discovered. <laughs> That's what you do when you're in homeschool. This is what homeschool kids do for fun. So then we discovered that um, in The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a great movie, um, that, that the song Kidnap the Sandy Claws, while it does not actually have that exact sound, that exact song underneath it, you can sing it under it and it works. You can sing Hall of the Mountain King. Kidnap the Sandy Claws. There's nothing new under this. Especially if you start talking about music because there's only 12 notes in all of music. Well... Well, including the sharps. There's 12 notes, right? But, the, but the, you've got a you've got a scale. There's 12 notes in a scale, and so okay. when you when you set the key signature, you set the the scale, then you limit all of the potential notes to 12. Then mm, you can have accidentals mm. and things like that. My point is that you're using the same notes over and over and over again for all of the different songs. Mm-hmm. There's not like there's not millions of different notes, right? But yeah, okay. That's, okay. It's kind of right. like <laughs> it's right. kind of like I are once you okay? was told. Are you, are you going to fight about this? Yeah, too? we can because I was told by a kid in <laughs> high school. Who, Why do you have to be so disagreeable? I I was told by a kid in high school that you don't really ever taste more than five things, and what he meant was there's sweet, salty, salty bitter, bitter, sour, and sweet, salty, bitter, sour, and, and oh, there's my kids and what ringing the doorbell. What's, what's the fifth one? Umami. Umami is the fifth. Umami? Yeah, it's like supposedly like the the savory taste of like steak. And there's your phone ringing too. <laughs> we got the doorbell ringing and the phone going off, and uh, somehow we're talking about taste buds. Uh-huh. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so so the point is that there's only five flavors basically, yeah. and everything is a mixture of it's those a five mixture, flavors, supposedly. But that's where I where I feel like you're going with this music theory thing. It's like, yeah, that's ridiculous. That is kind of where I'm going. Yeah. Well, you've got different chords, but they're the chords are made up of the same notes. Mm-hmm. You just hit different ones, and that's it's like food. Like you put, I know. like if you put a wheat thin 
and a grape in your mouth. Right. And you end like up with apple cherry pie. pie. No, no, apple pie. Cherry pie. Apple pie. We have to fight about everything? It's oh. a very contentious day. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> I feel feisty today. I guess. Uh, Heavens. Next, I didn't expect to be. Next, you're going to tell me there's only like seven colors that we can see. And everything is made up of those. Anyway. Um. Okay. Do you have anything? Do you have anything for good grief today? I just... do. I have a. I have an email. Okay. Um, okay. Well, hang on then. <laughs> okay. So what's the good grief segment? That's when we talk to people about. This uh, is when people write in with things that are causing them pain and uh, suffering, and we tell help them find the humor in it. Good grief. Music. How can you forget the music? It's the most uh, important forgot. part. Yeah, those are all the same notes that we've heard in Hall of the yeah. Mountain King, by the way. <laughs> this is pretty much the same song. It's the same It's the same as Hall of the Mountain King, just a different tempo, and they're arranged differently. I listened to the episode of Sinful Humor and Homeschool Woes, and I'm guessing, is that what it was called? Yeah, that's what I okay. called it. I don't even know what our episodes are called. <laughs> now and that I've guessing, published them, you're out of the loop. Uh, I'm guessing you guys aren't big fans of the overly pietistic... What? Here's Colin. I was actually going to invite them to kind of join us for the intro part this morning. Who, the kids, the kids? Yeah, because they haven't been on the podcast for a long time. Okay. But I guess they're going to insert themselves. What's the question, Colin? Um, after we're done with this podcast episode. Can you hear him? Yes. I can't. Wash your hands. And then we'll talk about video games all, after this. All I saw was him showing you his fingernails, and then I heard... Go ahead and read your mail. Uh, go ahead and read your mail. I have to go and let my Well, I'm going to read it, and you're not going to be here? I'm listening. All right. Uh, you're not fans of the with bread and water we shall be content form of aseatism that's uh, running rampant in evangelicalism. That's an entire ideology of spiritual puritanicalism that thinks Everything uh, that thinks enjoying anything for the sake of enjoyment is idolatry. Have you guys encountered this? We have, haven't we? Didn't we talk about Piper a while back? John Piper's uh, hedonism, Christian hedonism. But he's in favor of right. enjoying things, right? So, but but we've we've heard of the we've heard of the concept. Why can I not hear? And. Why can I not hear you coming through my headphones? I don't know, because your headphones aren't turned up loud enough. It's going through on it's, here. It's coming through on the board. It's weird. And now can you hear it? No, and I can't hear myself. You can't hear anything. Okay. Anyway, carry on. So anyway, have you guys encountered this? Yes, we have encountered this. The idea that in enjoying anything for the sake of enjoyment, basically enjoyment is sin. Pleasure is sin, is the idea. What do you have to say to people who feel guilty about having closets full of shirts and they don't that they don't wear when there's quote children in Africa starving? And uh, so that's the the question is and uh, I I think that they're I think that that's kind of two different points but um, the a lot of people struggle with being with being rich in a world of pulled, of poor people. There's a lot of people that... Did you figure it out? <laughs> just blew my eardrums <laughs> off. Yes. Okay, we're good. She just pushed a button. And her Ooh. head exploded. <laughs> I'm awake. All right. Now I'm going to have to repeat my question when your hearing returns. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. So, 
the fact is that uh, Jesus said that there was always going to be poor people among us, and he's God. And so why are there always going to be poor people? I don't know. I, I have a feeling it has something to do with the idea that we can find in Romans chapter 5 that says that uh, suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. So I think that there is, while, while we're tempted to look at people who don't have but one shirt, when we have a closet full of shirts, we're tempted to look at them and go, oh, they're not doing as well as we are. Um, that's from our westernized, uh, materialistic point of view. When it's entirely possible that the person with one shirt who is thrilled to have that one shirt is in a better place than we are. And it's entirely possible that they could look at us and laugh at us for needing an entire closet full of shirts in order to find happiness and contentment when they're thinking rightly, you can only wear one shirt at a time. Right. What do you need a whole closet full for? Right. And so my, uh, my response to the question would be that I don't, it's difficult to know who is, who's actually suffering. You can't just look at a person's material circumstances and determine that they are not doing well, quote unquote. Right. Because sometimes they're doing just fine, even though they have a fraction of the material goods that you might have. Mm, yeah. That makes sense. I'm not sure. And, and what's funny about that is if you've got a person who we are feeling sorry for over here in the United States, because look, they don't even have a decent pair of shoes. And, and they're, in turn, confused by that because they're like, what are you talking about? I've got, I've got a perfectly good pair of shoes here. I've got, a, I've got a friend of mine who doesn't have anything on his feet, but I've got a perfectly good pair of shoes. And, uh, and even if I had better shoes, I wouldn't wear them because I, I prefer to go barefoot. I wouldn't want to get them dirty. I wouldn't want to get them dirty, yeah. right. <laughs> Which would be a very... We know some people who keep plastic on furniture <laughs> we after they've bought it because mm -hmm. they don't want it to be dirty. And I, I have said to these people before, yeah, heaven forbid it looks bad. <laughs> heaven forbid it looks like somebody sat on it. Heaven forbid it gets dirty as opposed to now in its pristine condition. In its pristine condition that nobody Covered can in use. wrap. Right. Covered in plastic. <laughs> right. My grandmother, uh, God rest her soul, was uh, one of those people who who would say that. She, she would always talk about taking care of things. So if you take care of things, you know, you'll have them. Right. And, and I don't... I don't want to create the impression that she covered her furniture with plastic because she didn't do that. Mm -hmm. um, because she would, she would actually use things, but she was always talking about how important it is to take care of things. Right. In the not, choice between having their cake out. and eating it too, they have decidedly chosen to have it to eat it. To no, have it. have it. They're not. They're not consuming it. They're not using the furniture. They're not eating the cake. They're. They right. are definitely preserving it to right. have they're, forever. They're not eating. And, and just, <laughs> if they're deciding whether they're going to have their cake and and eat it they can't do that so they decide to just have it yeah right. they've so chosen the cake is sitting there it's uncut actually the cake analogy is pretty good it's yeah. like it's a birthday cake it, you ever looked at a gorgeous birthday cake and thought oh it's a shame to cut it yeah so they just don't right like most of us just kind of hover in between you know the two decisions not knowing what to do 
And and God hates that lukewarm indecisiveness. So I say, Grandma, so we're actually upsetting God when we don't cut our birthday. Grandma cake. and those who wrap their furniture with plastic have at least picked a side. Have it. That's true. Have it. But but if you're if the the physical appearance of the birthday cake is what matters the most, then you shouldn't make it out of cake. You shouldn't make it edible. You should your birthday cake should be made from ceramic. No, but it's impressive that people can do that. Haven't you ever watched Cake Boss? I have. It's impressive that they I can have. do stuff with cake, icing. Cake Boss is one of my favorite because every episode of Cake Boss is him being given an impossible assignment, and then they spend twenty minutes going, "I don't know how we're going to do this." He's got that Brooklyn accent. <laughs> he goes, "He's got supposed to get yeah. this cake down to the to the." to the lodge by 4 p.m. And at the same time, I got this bride and she's breathing down my neck for cupcakes. I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> for crying out loud. I don't know how we're going to do and it. And then he usually drops the cake on the ground. <laughs> I think, does he? He does a lot. He's usually pretty competent, I think. Well, he'll drop one and and then he'll have to quick do it again. I don't know how I'm going to do he it. He never knows how he's going to do it. I dropped the cake on the ground and now I got to I got to make another one. Well, so to to come, to pull this back on topic, what you may not have mentioned in <laughs> and you haven't mentioned in this episode. People at don't least, listen to this podcast because we stay on topic. Comedy as uh, comedy as I've learned from reading your book, Life is Hardy Hard Life Hard. Life is Hardy Hard Hard available at Amazon and also at johnbrandy.com. Ding. Um we what you've what you've described in the book is that comedy is First of all, it's about contradiction or contrast, but it's about setting up a perspective, setting up one perspective or one view, mm -hmm. talk about views in the book, and then surprising the audience, the listener, with a different perspective. With a different perspective and that's so, equally true. When everybody's assuming, you have to shatter assumptions. People right. have to assume something and they're going along with you in one direction and then suddenly sharp turn, hey. you shatter their assumption and that's what makes people laugh. And so there's something shattering and funny about a person who is poor not being upset about that. We assume that a person who doesn't have shoes is going to be upset. Right. And what you're saying is there's some comedy to be found in that situation when actually they feel sorry for you. Absolutely. And, and that the reason that we feel sorry for people who have less than us is because we are absolutely fixated on our material possessions. And we think that the amount of stuff that we have is reflective of how well we're doing and kind of how much God likes us. Right. And so if somebody has less than us, then that means that God likes us a little bit more and that makes us feel guilty. And then we We'll read in scripture that that's not the case, but we don't really believe it. Deep down, we think, yeah, I've got so much stuff and, uh, and I'm grateful for these blessings and I wish other people had the blessings that I have. But the comedy aspect of it, you're exactly right, is that other person scratching their head and looking at us and going, well, what makes you think that your life is that much better than right. mine just because you have a more shirts than I do? You're looking at the same situation, but you are coming away with different conclusions. My son is standing next to me. I see that. Yeah. Are you about to ask he's, he's me about whispering. video games again? No. He's he's trying not to talk into oh, the microphone. Go ahead. You can say it out loud. It's already Go ahead. interrupted. So. Say it into what the microphone. You, you, here's the microphone. Tell say us it right into the purple microphone. There's 15 minutes. It's been 15 minutes left on the yeah, on the clock. <laughs> is, he, is he reading the clock He's for you? He's looking at the counter on the board. Okay. It's been 15 minutes. It's been 15 minutes. Thank what does you. that mean, Colin? Thank How long Colin. is it supposed to be? Do you know? It's only allowed to go to... Yeah. 20? He's nope. not sure. It, it can go 
even higher. The we can other do whatever day, we want. This is our podcast. We recorded for like an hour and 45 minutes the other day. So. Oh, by the way, I wanted to bring that up too. Okay. To uh, to, to Carl that, uh, you know, we, we've received a message from, um, from Carl that uh, he's not really happy with the change. Carl's our neighbor. Right. If you're listening, Carl... That's you. Carl is, uh, neighbor. is our neighbor. And uh, Carl's not happy with the podcast format change. And I'll, I'll be honest, Carl, I'm not happy with it either. I'm a person who doesn't like change. I don't necessarily like a whole lot of structure. But we're doing this because uh, there are more people than us who actually do like some structure. And, and so what we're, I'm telling you this because we've got a couple of episodes of the podcast coming up, The Comedian Next Door, where we're going... Not completely back to the old format, but no, it's going we'll to be... we'll kick it old school. We're going to have what we're calling our house guest episodes. Right. So whenever we invite a guest on the podcast, it'll be much more freestyle, freeform, the way that we do when people come over and we eat together and we talk about whatever strikes our fancy. My kids will be in the background. Right. Like they are now. Slam in the back door. And, and I'm saying this because we don't want you to feel left out and we don't want you to think that we aren't hearing you or that we've forgotten about you or that we're abandoning you because even though we've got a new format and the podcast yeah. is, is structured a little bit differently, it's still us, Carl. We're You're just sitting around here. the table. We're still having a conversation. You're still here at my house and, and listening. The kids are running in and out and the doors are flagging. We're going to probably eat some pizza at some point, but... I, I want you to be patient because there are episodes coming that are more old school. It's more of the right. the podcasts that you're used to, and I think you're going to like them. Specifically, we've got two house guests scheduled in this coming week. Mm -hmm. So Carmen Schober and uh, and Mark Gunger is going to come back on the podcast. And yeah. We and and here here's a little behind the scenes. We actually recorded with Mark Gunger, and it was like ninety minutes. It was, it was longer than that. Over it was, it was over ninety minutes, yeah. and. Uh, and he, at the end of it, decided that that it was too long and that we didn't do a well, very he, good job. Well, it's funny because we actually got concise. to talking like we would do if he were physically in the room. We were mm -hmm. on video chat, um, and his wife was have about ready to go in for surgery on her eye, and uh, and we just were talking. They didn't have anything else to do while they were waiting for right the appointment, and so we were talking, and occasionally we were talking over each other. Just like you would do. You have to do that with Mark Gunger. If, yeah. you, if you wait for Mark Gunger to stop talking so you can talk, then you'll never say anything. But we did such so a good job. So you have to job. interrupt him. We did such a good job adopting, like, remembering, okay, we're all here hanging out, friends, you know, talking about whatever we want to talk about. Right. That we talked a little long for the mm -hmm. podcast. And he felt like he could say it better. I think by the time we got to the end of the conversation, he was a little more clear on what he wants to say right. next time. So we're going to record it again. So we're going to record it again. But it will be not be, we're not going to do good grief segment. We're not going to do peaches in a whirl. We're not no. going to do hill to die on. We're just going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. We're just going to let it go. And Mark, we've, we've asked him some questions. It's, it's sort of a, uh, if it was anybody other than Mark Gunger, it would be a contentious podcast because yeah. we would be disagreeing and we're calling him out for some things that he has said and so uh, but because mark gunger is basically bulletproof and it's very hard to upset him um it's not contentious and right. it's now gonna he be good. enjoys it anyway so i'm just saying that because we're hearing you carl we we're, we're still friends here and uh, i'm not crazy about change just like you're not crazy about change but we're going to get through it together okay so hang in there other podcast other podcast episodes are coming and uh, and yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be just like old times. It'll be so, great. All right, but now 
Mm-hmm. But now it's time for Peaches in a Whirl. It is time for Peaches in a Whirl. And do you want to cover the thing that we yeah. were talking about before? Yeah, okay. I didn't even know what I was going to talk about. And then an email rolled in literally seconds before we started right, recording. So, and th- this should also make you feel good, Carl, because this is not... Even though we're, we're structuring things a little more tightly than we used to, we're still kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. There's still some things that aren't necessarily... Very spontaneous. It's I very am, spontaneous. I am going to actually Leave step the away room from now. the table again while I move my kids. So you want me to read this... This email while you holy cow it's noisy That's in here. What I'm it sounds like we're it's it sounds like we, we're recording this in a 4-H barn and they're getting ready to show calves. It sounds like they're herding the calves into the uh, bin or into the arena, but there's not there's no calves here. It just sounds like it. Colin is over here to my left. Say something, Colin. Hi. Okay, I'm gonna read an email. All right. Uh, it's actually addressed to you, Peach. I heard it, though. So. Dear Peaches, on this episode, on this week's episode, which is last week's episode, you talked about uh, you talked about just saying what you mean, feel, and think. While I can definitely see some benefits to that, I can also see some drawbacks to saying what you think. Dun, 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 dun. Let's take the scenario you mentioned about being frustrated with your husband and the yard work that didn't get done. Dun, dun, dun. I don't remember if you said, actually, that you did express your feelings to him, but let's say that you did. So many directions this could go. It could lead to a discussion about each of your views on the maintenance of the yard. You all could decide how this situation is going to be dealt with in the future via a compromise. Uh, He might be willing to see your point of view and do differently in the future. Or he might, alternately, be unwilling to change the situation and let you know that you will have to learn to live with it. Or he might tell you that if you don't like it, then next time you can do it yourself. Or he might even be angry that you are angry about it. That's what I would do. I would be angry if you were angry. Uh, Your personalities, personal character, uh, relational history, etc. will all factor in here. Anyway, in an ideal world, a compromise would be reached and adhered to, and all would live happily ever after under this agreed term of this encounter. But this is real life with fellow sinful human beings and that is probably not how it's going to go so the next time you come around when your husband procrastinates so the next time will come around when your husband procrastinates on yard work and it rains and it doesn't get done and you will be irritated again if the cycle continues and you just say what you mean think or feel each time won't you become a nagging and contentious wife there's the question so if, you, if you're saying what you feel every time and there hasn't been a compromise reached mm-hmm. and, a, and you haven't resolved this situation, then isn't your expression of your true feelings the same as nagging? Yeah. Now, did Carla, I mean, uh, did the emailer mention that she is a woman? Is that written anywhere? Did she say something about her husband? Mm, she didn't talk about her husband, but she talked about. I think we can pretty much figure out. That That's this what is I was woman, about to say. Right? I'm pretty. I'm about ninety nine point nine. Well, she she signed her name Carlita okay. in Oklahoma. So, um, so but I, didn't I think she she could have signed it Carl, right? Because Carl, ladies, you also are Carl in right. our. You're Carl or Carla if you listen to the mom cast, right? 
Carla is. But I think I think this is a woman. I I would have I, I assume this is a woman just by the way this is written. Right. Well, that was what I was going to say. I haven't seen the email. She didn't tell us that she was a woman outright. Dudes, I know for dudes sure. Dudes don't she is. write long emails like that. Even if they did. Right. The question is always of importance to the women. And I have three women besides myself in a room every week, every Wednesday for Just Because I Love You Day. We record our mom cast, which is called Just Because I Love You, a Four Sisters podcast. And this topic of where are you crossing the line between telling the truth and nagging your husband comes up all the time. Everybody wants to talk about that. Right. Well, she says, "I, I personally have been trying to just say what I think rather than harboring resentment over things. But I've been wondering where this will go in the long run. So the timing of that topic. Right. So, well, the question is. So how do you, how do you respond to that as you're, as you're whirling around? What are right. we? <laughs> I'm not the one in a world this time. It's, it's Carla. <laughs> Peaches is in a world vicariously through Carlita this time. Yeah, apparently anytime you feel anything about any topic, you're in a whirl. So it's no nothing offensive, Carla. It's just, you're just Well, I'm the one interested. that gets to define that. Oh, okay. That you're in a whirl. Does Carla sound like she's in a world? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Well, there, she's she's concerned, and and it's good. It's good yeah. to be concerned. It's good to be thoughtful yes. about how you're being perceived, especially by people that you love. Right. And so good for you for, for asking that and question. My, and I now would we're say, going to make fun of you for it. I would say generally, if you're going, isn't that nagging? The answer is probably yes. Yes. If you, <laughs> if you think you're nagging, you feel like then you're you nagging, probably are. You probably are. You yeah. don't need me to tell you. Um <laughs> But that's not that's not the same as telling the truth then, because nagging is when you say a thing that you feel not once, but two times, three times, four times. And why do you do that? Because you're trying to get a different result. Exactly. Because you're trying to control the outcome. You're trying to make your husband, you are trying to make your husband right. do treat the yard work with a certain way. He, right. You wanted him to do it your way. Right. And I was trying to simplify this whole tell the truth thing. The last episode when we talked about this, I was trying to simplify um, decisions that you can make in your day-to-day life by just saying, say what's true, say what's true. Um, Because we complicate things when we start playing chess, mental chess, trying to determine three or four moves in advance. Well, if I do this, then he'll do that, and then I'll do this, and he'll do that. Right, and so then you start to adjust what you're going to say, and you think you're saying the truth, but you're not anymore. Right, because Be- you've because it's not about the truth anymore. Well, because because you think that telling the truth is not going to get you the results right. that you want. And because so subconsciously, if- you start saying other things. Right, I don't have the email in front of me, but, it, but one of the questions was, you know, well, he might get angry that you're angry. Right. Okay. He might. That's true. You know, and and well, what if then you might be frustrated because he procrastinates again? Okay. Right. He might, you know, I might. Um, but that's not the right. point. The point that I was making was say true things. Be asking yourself and introspecting and asking God to reveal to you when you're not saying true things and then adjust to say true things and stop there. Well, is it, is it the end of the world if you get irritated again? Right. Well, that's, I mean, is it, is it really that big a deal if you're annoyed every time he procrastinates, he lets the lawn grow longer than whatever your perceived Well, it's actually is. funny because normally he's the one that wants to mow like every two days and I get annoyed because he cuts the grass too much. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, again? so is that how serious is that? I mean, how big a deal is it that you guys have a disagreement about yard maintenance? Recognizing that I'm annoyed, and we said this in the last episode, saying 
how you feel is always going to be the truth. If you start with, I feel annoyed. You know, if you start the sentence with, I feel, I feel sad. I feel disappointed. I feel like my expectations weren't met, you know, right. whatever. That's always a, an, I so, feel statement is always going to be true. It's always true. But why do people, uh, why do people not want to say I feel? Right. Well, they want to make think? conclusions from their feelings. They want to immediately jump to blaming the other person for the way that they feel and hoping that by announcing this is how I'm feeling right now, that it's going to get the other person to change something. Okay, I, I agree with that. But I'm, I wonder, is, is it, do we understand that when, that when I say I feel like this is not the proper way to mow the yard, that it's actually diminishing the importance of it because I've attached it to just my feelings rather than saying this is not the way the yard is supposed to be done. This is not the way to properly care for a lawn. Right. If you are, again, focusing on the outcome you want rather than saying true things. Right. Right. I'm saying I'm declaring this yes. is improper lawn people maintenance versus I feel like this is improper lawn right. maintenance. Because people don't care about speaking the truth. They care about getting a result, which was the whole point that I made last time. Well, but, but, but people really do, they, they really do believe that that is universally not the correct way to take care of the yard, don't they? No. So you don't think they, so do you think that maybe subconsciously, not maybe unintentionally, that people avoid saying I feel because they they feel like it undermines the uh, the power of their sentiments? I, they say it because they haven't, or they don't say I feel because they haven't thought about it, they, which was what I was encouraging people to do last week. <laughs> I was encouraging them to stop and think before they speak. And make no, they haven't sure, thought about it. They just feel about it. Make sure what they're saying is true. Right. And once you decide to say something that's true, like I feel annoyed, well, let that be what it is and don't immediately start playing the mental chess like, okay, now what's he going to say? Now what's that other person going to say or do? Do I like the way that, it, that this is going right now? So are you essentially saying that once you say, I feel this way about a thing, then you should just just get rid of your expectations to what the person is going to do with that? Yeah, let it be whatever it is. Whatever it is. If and however he feels as a result yep. of that. If you're allowed to feel annoyed fair. with him for the yard work, he's allowed to feel annoyed with you for, for being, being annoyed. annoyed. Yeah, feeling annoyed, and it's yeah. natural. Like I've come to expect that. That's actually a very, very likely scenario. I will say I'm feeling this, and then he'll say, "Well, you know, I don't like that," and I'll be like, "Yeah, okay, I didn't expect that you would." Like we're pretty <laughs> right. Well, we're that's pretty what, comfortable. When with I this. read it, I said that's probably what I would do because yeah. I've been there many times right. where. You know, sometimes I'll get called out for not doing a thing that, uh, especially if it was a thing I said I was going to do. Remember, I'll I'll take the trash out. It'll be out. Don't worry, I'll do it. And then I totally forget it. And then, and then she will get annoyed. Uh, by she, I mean your mother. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she will come to me and say, uh, "Well, you said you're going to take the trash out. And now you didn't. And well, now I'm annoyed at her." That that was a true thing. Yeah, which makes that she it was a true, a true thing. thing. But it is irrational. I mean, I there I shouldn't. I shouldn't be annoyed with her. Right, but you should. But I am. But you should also, the point I was making last time, say what's true. Right. You can say, or you should be allowed to say, I'm feeling annoyed by that. You just said the truth. I said I was going to take out the trash, and I forgot. Both of those things are true. Right. I haven't done it. Now you're annoyed. That's also true. Right. And the truth is, I don't like any of this. I don't like any of it. Right. I don't feel like I'm, I'm annoyed because I have I forgot. So I let, I let you down. I let myself down, and that's true. And I didn't, I didn't stay true to my word. But now it's compounded by the fact that you've noticed that I didn't 
stay true to my word, and you're disappointed with me for doing it, and all of those things make me feel even worse. Okay, all true. <laughs> and that's my point, is that we should be able to throw that stuff out there on the table right. and just let it be. And, the, and where it crosses into nagging, again, we know this instinctively, but we haven't maybe articulated it before. Where it crosses into nagging is when we keep saying the same true thing about our feelings over and over and over because we're not content to just say, well, that's how it is. We haven't accepted that I feel icky right now or I feel annoyed or I feel frustrated. Right, we haven't accepted it. We are still trying to say it over and over because we're hoping that something's going to change. Because the husband didn't go out and get on the tractor and start mowing. Right? Maybe. We're still, or, or whatever. But right. you, but the, the point is that we haven't gotten the result that we were, or that we think is going to make no, us feel better. What's even worse for women, what's worse for, for wives, is when they do get what they thought they wanted and it and doesn't still scratch unhappy. the itch. <laughs> right. It didn't work. I still feel annoyed. And then they feel afraid to then say it's that. it's worse, right? They, they feel afraid to say that because they think it makes them crazy. It's like well, they know that they said this was the problem right. and then that problem was taken care was of. Was fixed and they and still they feel And they still feel bad. bad. Whereas the, the pressure would be taken off a little bit if we got in the <laughs> habit of just saying what's true. If we just said, wow, I'm I was still, wrong. I'm still. <laughs> I was wrong about what my problem was i was wrong about what was making me annoyed and and that's fine and and to have a husband who also is comfortable with saying true things and with allowing you to say true things is what i was talking about last week if we could all as a collective human race just become comfortable with stating things because there are many things we don't know about many things that are going on in the world that that are confusing or we're getting conflicting information and we can't confirm whether it's true or not but when it comes to our own perspective and our own feelings we ought to be able to say yeah right now i feel not so good you know or hey i just noticed right now i'm feeling pretty good well we used to have phrases that people would use for that we say i got up on the wrong side of the bed right or i'm just out of sorts today or i'm grouchy i'm grumpy but people don't say that very often anymore right people don't say i'm just in a bad mood they, they, they immediately to say, go to some external thing and say it's your fault or it's this fault. Right. Grandma that, Brandon used to ask us every morning when we were we would wake up at her house. Good morning. Are you bright eyed and, and bushy tailed, or are you cross, cross and, and crabby? crabby. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she woke you up that way, and she woke me up I, that way. I know. I said she there would. There was probably yeah forty five years of waking. <laughs> I'll bet she woke up your grand father yeah. that way she probably asked that question thousands of times yes. in her lifetime to, to various children in her life are you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed or are you cross and grabby and she would and she used to she would grab your ribs she right. did ours are you bright and bushy-tailed and then she would go down to your ribs or are you cross and grabby yeah and uh <laughs> and i never even I, I didn't even think about it when i was a kid i hadn't thought about it and until you, you mentioned there was it. no right answer to that question right Right. You could be either. You're welcome to be either. And and that was it. And yeah. if you said, and sometimes we would say, I'm cross and crabby. And as soon as you say, I'm cross and crabby, it would, it would make everybody laugh because right. uh, it's hard. It's, it's hard to intentionally stay cross and crabby. Right. Well, and, and I'm, I am trying to, again, simplify this as much as I possibly can. I'm not talking about what you then do with your feelings. Right. I'm not talking about like, if I, if I go on and, and the question was posed in that email about bitterness. Okay, well, bitterness is a different thing now. Bitterness is a thing that you start to allow to fester in yourself when you feel like you're not getting something you deserve. 
And in that case, if you were to articulate, I'm not getting what I deserve, you would no longer be saying a true thing. And so now we've con we've wandered off the path of truth completely. You'd have to say, I feel like I'm not getting yes. what I deserve. And that would still be true. It would still be true to say, I feel like I'm not getting what I deserve. I but, feel like I'm getting ripped off. But we should be still open to having another person, whether it's a pastor or a friend or our husband or our wife. Uh, those people should be allowed to say to us, okay, but... I don't think that that is true. I think that it. I think that you are getting. I don't think that getting, feeling is right. telling you the true story. I do think that you are getting what you deserve, mm -hmm. or I don't think that you are not getting what you deserve, even right. if it feels like you aren't. Um, and that's a different. And that's another level. Once it's another level, said, and it's, it's difficult to process that if you're not used to it. Yeah, it because, takes it takes time because it feels personal when somebody says, right. "Yeah, I think you're mistaken. I think your feelings are not reflecting reality." Right. It feels personal. It takes it takes practice with level one, where you just start checking in and stating what seems to be the case. Wow, I'm cross and crabby today. I'm cross and crabby today. I'm cross and crabby today. <laughs> um, and then you then you're able to move on to the next step. Um, but but as far as asking, well, what if, you know, what if my friend doesn't like to hear that? Or what if that person gets angry? Or what if my husband continues to not mow the lawn, you mm -hmm. know, or mows it too much? Then, then what, what will I do? And it's like, well, what will you do? How am I going to? We, then, need, we need to sit down right now and have a planning session <laughs> then you about need to evaluate. what's going to, what are we going to do? What steps are we going to take right. if I start to feel un, uh, unhappy with the yard maintenance processes? Let's, right. <laughs> let's line out all the contingencies, all of the possible courses of action, and let's discuss the merits of each and come to some sort of an understanding and we'll right keep now. talking and keep, keep talking, talking and, and keep, keep talking, talking until he comes to my until way Until he agrees that I am the one who is correct right. about this. And that's the reason that men don't like to have conversations. That's because nagging. The fact is that most guys are incapable of going down more than one trail at a time. Mm -hmm. And so if you're asking a, uh, a guy in your life to map out all of the contingencies for feelings that may possibly come up in the future <laughs> what if i feel this way what if i feel that yeah way? he's there's no way that he's going to stay with you on that but first first of all he can't and second of all he doesn't want to i mean there's nothing right. there's nothing more uh distasteful to a guy than sitting down and having long conversations about his feelings right well one of that's why my recommendation for carla and any married women any any woman uh don't play mental chess and cross those bridges when you come to them instead. Don't don't allow yourself to to start asking what if about a bunch of stuff that may or may not even come to fruition. I think the Bible talks about uh, letting tomorrow worry about its own problems. Yeah, today has enough problems. Definitely let next week's yard work worry about itself. Right. Um, or the rain that may or may not happen this afternoon. Yeah. All of that stuff. But, but we need to evaluate what our priorities are. We need to evaluate what we think marriage is going to do for us. And if you think it's going to be this institution whereby you get the grass cut on your time schedule all the time, mm -hmm. well, that's probably the biggest problem because that's not true. That's not right. what marriage is for. And if you were to say out loud, marriage is supposed to make me happy all the time, yeah. I would be happy to raise See, my hand and say, no, it's not. Now we're getting into even no, deeper not. levels. Now but, we're getting into even deeper but levels. But I was, I was starting with level one last week and just saying, say what's true. Start by getting in the habit of seeking the truth, trying to figure out what's true. And, and if all else fails, um, 
evaluating your own feelings and getting to the point where you can say, I feel like this is going on right now. That's going to be the first step. And then the Holy Spirit can come in mm-hmm. on the next level and start asking you whether it's actually another person's fault or right. not. And then be okay with it. Be okay, yeah. be okay with the fact that you're crossing crabby today right. for whatever reason. And Nine times uh, out of ten when I say I feel X, Y, Z, it is not going to be anybody else's job to do anything further with that information except to say, you know, I'm sorry that that's happening. Right. That's it. Not, not to adjust, well, not to have a generally, meeting, you know. Generally, not- that, that, that's only a thing that we worry about when we're feeling bad. For the most part, when we're feeling euphoric and happy, um, oftentimes we don't ascribe that. To, we don't give other people the credit for that. Um, but when we're, when we're feeling bad, that's when we tell ourselves that other people are the ones to blame. But you're, basically, you're saying to be okay with how you feel. I think you're at a disadvantage because as a man... With with male friends who don't sit around and talk about their feelings no, we don't. all the time. I don't think you realize how many different angles women will go. And no, there we don't. definitely are the women who are like, oh, that person. Well, I got a sense of it from, from that email. I got a little bit. But I have a feeling that she hadn't even scratched the surface of all no, the possible that ways long. that you could go. That was not yeah. a long email. And yes, women women will get lost in these in these rabbit trails what, what seems like a rabbit trail to a man they will just go on and on about well but what if he does this and they don't what if seem like rabbit trails they are rabbit trails aren't they it's it is the way that they were designed to be constantly taking the temperature of everybody's feelings all the time okay but, but it can yeah it can devolve into a place that nobody really needs to go ever right well and and see i'm and i'm not suggesting that women shouldn't do that with each other i mean if you guys want to sit around and talk about your feelings forever i'm fine with that i'm just saying i'm saying that if you expect your husband to navigate those waters with you right. he, as you just said he's not equipped to do it and uh, I'm trying to encourage he's going to get frustrated Carl and Carla both I'm trying to encourage both of them but mainly Carla is going to be the one that's going to find this probably earth shattering <laughs> I'm trying to get you to, to get in the habit of, de- of evaluating what's true objectively for everyone versus what I'm feeling you know d- dividing between here's how I'm feeling today versus here is what is is true and getting in the habit of not allowing yourself to say things that de- are not true. Declare things until you are sure that they are true. Right. Um, and so, and then, yeah, secondarily, don't say, I feel X, Y, Z, just because you're hoping that that's going to well, affect a change. Do you feel, do you feel like that will help uh, Carlita feel better if she does that? Um, no. <laughs> or is that objectively true? Not at first. It won't necessarily. <laughs> okay, okay. Like I, I just said, wanted to know if you, fe- if you, if this was a feeling you were expressing or if this was a no, objectively Like I said, there are times where thing. even when you think you get the answer to your problem, like you still don't feel good about it afterwards. <laughs> and that's really, that's really causes some instability. Well, don't you, but doesn't, doesn't that knowledge make you feel better? Knowing no. That, knowing that even, knowing that even though you've, you thought that this was the problem and now you know it's not the problem that doesn't make you that feel is better. not how feelings work <laughs> it's like it's like saying well yeah, oh, but i'm glad i'm a heartless machine when you go outside and you see that it's cloudy doesn't knowing that it's not your fault doesn't that make it get sunny again <laughs> that's not what i said no that's not i feel bad there are some that's days not you feel what bad I said. it doesn't matter how you feel about it it cannot be changed i, I feel like you're twisting my words <laughs> That's how I. That's how feelings work. But anyway, uh, all right. Are we ready for your uh, 
You ready for your hill to die on? Yeah, we're ready. Okay. <laughs> John Branion's hill to die on. Tell when a person this. asks you, are you sure that this is a hill you want to die on? You should always respond with, I'm not sure. Is it a hill you're willing to kill me on? Is this a hill you're willing to kill me on? Uh, the hill that I'm going to die on this week is that if you are attending a church that identifies as a judgment-free zone, you should stop attending that church and go someplace else. The uh, There's absolutely no reason to go and attend in a uh, in a church that has no discernment and no interest in judging your uh, your activities and your behavior. First of all, they are, it's not true. There's no such thing as a judgment-free zone. Anytime human beings gather together, there's judgment that takes place. And in a judgment-free zone church, it is, uh, it, it's covered up by the fact that nobody talks about it. So it's not that they're not judging you. It's that they're not being honest that they are judging you and what they're judging you about. And there's no, there's no practical use for gathering together with a group of people every single Sunday who are all pretending that everything is okay and everything that they're doing is, uh, is that there's no sin, that there's, there's nothing that they're engaging in that they shouldn't be engaging in. They're all pretending. It's make-believe. So uh, that's the hill that I'm willing to die on. If you're, if you're going to a church that at any point says... Any, any, the idea that this is a judgment-free zone or any of the other things that they'll say, like this is a church for people who don't like church or this is a church where you can just come as you are and this is a church that doesn't ask, doesn't ask questions and isn't going to dig into your life. You know, we're going we're gonna to leave you to, to be private. Any of those things, you should run away from that church. There's no reason to go there. All right. There you go. Battle declared. War declared. Mm-hmm. And, come uh, and take this hill. Come and try to take this hill for me. Right. And Carl, if you disagree uh, with that hill, then you can always email us at nextdoor at johnbranion.com and let us know why you are not going to join John, Dad. Yep. Or if you've got a... If you've got a segment idea for good grief, if there's something that's causing you pain and you would like us to show you what's hilarious about it, next door at johnbranion.com. If you want to put peaches in the world about something, next door at johnbranion.com. you got to wrap this up. And My kids are fighting. The, if you haven't been to the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network and downloaded their app, you should do that right now. Right now. Okay, bye, Carl. Bye. Look for John Branion on MeWe and Gab. Also, be part of the show by sending your questions to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. See you next time, neighbor.